Hey guys, thanks for tuning into Oddcast episode 3. We thought we'd try something a little different this time. I've known my friend Jared for years, and when he heard about the podcast, he wanted to give it a shot. So we recorded our conversation as a demo reel for the other Oddcasters. It didn't turn out earth-shatteringly terrible, so we thought we'd share it with you. Let us know what you think in the comments section below, and hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Oddcast podcast. This is a demo reel for Jared. Hi. I'm Jared. I'm single, ladies. Okay, anything... What's the most interesting thing about you? Ha, put you right on the spot. Put me right on the spot. Yep. Oh, man. Um, well, I scuba dive. Yeah, that's cool. I love scuba diving. I'm a lifeguard. Professional lifeguard? I'm a professional lifeguard. He's a professional lifeguard. Yeah, it's it's a lot of sitting and standing. I get paid a lot of money to do nothing, which is pretty <laughs> great. Yeah, sounds like um, it. Interesting fact. Uh, I get paid more than minimum wage which is nice but lifeguards in australia you don't no what do you do for work nothing nothing yeah and i don't i don't even get minimum wage that might be why i think that's the issue there buddy no i think i think the issue is they aren't paying you to do nothing right yeah you should become a lifeguard you're right (laughs) can you swim yeah yeah i can can you swim well yeah yeah okay yeah you can be a lifeguard all right that's good cool um there's also a lot of tests but you know that's 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 child's play all right um, lifeguards in Australia, they make about $50 an hour. Oh, wow. Okay. So I need to move to Australia and get a job being a lifeguard? Yes. Okay. Um, I'll do it. But it's because of the sharks. Oh. There's so maybe ob- I'm not going to do that. Yeah. They try to do a lot of odd things to prevent sharks from coming, like magnets. <laughs> okay. There is a theory. Not okay. It's not okay. Well, it's kind of Okay. There's a theory that sharks don't like magnets, which is kind of true. Um, there are certain sharks that do not like magnets. Okay. Um, if you put a magnet next to a shark's head, it doesn't like it. But if a shark is swimming really fast, like towards a person, so like if sharks are lunging, like a tiny little pocket magnet isn't going to do anything. Correct. So. So they got bigger magnets. No. They didn't. They didn't. They got t- pocket magnets. Yeah. It doesn't work. He has to go to work today. What are you going to do at work? Um, well, there's a special event tonight. I work at Discovery Cove. Um, hashtag Discovery Cove. Hashtag. Sponsored uh, by Discovery Cove? It's not. I haven't seen a dime. From working there? Well, <laughs> from from this. From the from the podcast sponsorship. Yeah. You should you should get us a deal with that. I actually have to pay money to say Discovery Cove. It's, it's $50 every time we say it. So we should really stop. Every time you say what? Discovery Cove. Don't worry, it's ta- it's tax deductible. We're good. Oh, okay. You realize you only get like a percentage of the fifty dollars back. Looks like I'm declaring bankruptcy. Yeah, but where do you work again? <laughs> <laughs> I work at a subsidiary of SeaWorld Parks and Entertainment. Wow. Yeah. How much do you have to pay for saying that? Oh man. Um, I will be watching water. Um, to answer your earlier question, okay. there's a special event tonight. Someone bought out the park. You can do that? Yes, there are a lot of... Like, How much does that cost? That, I don't know, but it if is... If it's like, what, $200? No, wait, $500? It is 200 No, it, it is $200 just to get into the park. Yeah. It is $500 to be with dolphins. So it's like... It's a million dollars I don't to even buy know, out the park. I don't even know how much it costs to. It's not like buying out the park. It's but I'll, again, I'll be watching water um, and preventing people from stumbling into said water. And how will you do said such? I will stand. Okay. And I will pivot. Okay. Um, about the foot or hip. Okay. Just pivot back and forth, observing water. And if someone approaches me, I will engage in conversation. 
Okay. Um, I might say things like, hello, how are you today? And then if they say, can we touch the dolphins, I'll say no, um, because... <laughs> you didn't pay $500. Oh, not like that. If there isn't someone in the water, I lose my job. Like, if there isn't a trainer with you in the water and someone touches a dolphin, oh. I might lose my job. Oh, okay. I'm not so even it's your alive. job not to let... You're protecting the dolphins, not the people. Well, depending on where <laughs> I am, yes. Okay. Like, there are three locations where it's dolphins over people, and then the okay. rest, it's like, watch out for small children. All right. <laughs> and you just don't care about people at all. For those first, like, three spots, no. It's, it's make sure no one does anything to <laughs> affect these commodities of the park. So somebody bought Discovery Cove and now owns Discovery Cove. That's No, that's not what I said. So you're working for a new employer now? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I hope he's cool. Uh, I think if you, uh, you, you once you pay $200, you actually get 2% of the company because it's $100 per percentage. That's not how that works. Yeah, that's, no, not, that's not how any of this works. Uh, right now, people must own like 2 million percent of Discovery Cove. That's and that's why yeah. the stocks keep going up because people buy like 2,000%. Well, they just keep making more stocks. They just keep printing them. They're printing stocks. Yeah. What did SpaceX do this year? Did SpaceX launched like 16 rockets or something. Yeah. I skipped school two years ago one day to go to a SpaceX rocket launch. That is super cool. Yeah. Um, I went with my father. He's always wanted to see a rocket go off. And um, Was Elon there? Was he just chilling? I don't know. Because I went. we went to go in to the NASA. You know how they have the whole thing there yeah. to buy a ticket? So I went to go buy a ticket, and they're like, oh, it's $50. Really? Like, I'm not going to, we're not going to pick $50 to go and see. Yeah. Because then we have to stay there the whole day, and we mm-hmm. had to do other stuff that day. So we just stood in the parking lot through the moonroof of the car. <laughs> um, and I had, a, like, a really good camera, and we heard it, and we saw it. It took some pretty cool pictures, too. Borrowed, like, my mom had a really nice camera, took some pictures. Um, but you can actually, like, if you ever buy a NASA ticket, you can get, like, an upcharge and go within, like, a, a mile or a mile and a half of the rocket launch. Benefits of having good grades. You can skip school, kids. Life hack. Mm-hmm. Life hack. I would love to get a scuba diving job. The Probably the most popular is industrial diver. Okay, what do they do? They um, basically work on oil rigs or ships um, as either a welder or just like a general handyman. <laughs> but I assume you actually have to you know, be skilled at welding and stuff in order to do well, that. Well, yes. I know a little bit of like pipe soldering and stuff. I could learn how okay. to weld. Yeah. I understand the basic concepts of welding. Um, but the problem with that is uh, your life expectancy gets lowered to about 55. Really? Why? Um, just because you're mixing electricity with water. Oh, yeah. Um, it, scuba diving has the potential to be dangerous if you do it wrong, and then you throw electricity and deep water into it. Um, you could die. Yeah, you could die. So I don't really want to do that, even though these guys are making $300,000 in six months. Oh, okay. So you could just work for six months and then just retire. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, not retire, but... Um, <laughs> I could retire. You could re- <laughs> I could go homeless. Just pay for food. Other stuff like tank maintenance, which I'd love to do. Just work in an aquarium. Or you could be an aquarist, which is someone who takes care of the animals. They do uh, show divers, which basically, like, go in the water... And they have like a full face mask, and they talk to kids through a microphone. And be like, oh, that's neat. Well, hi, kids. I'm a scuba so you diver. Not this mind is... doing that one. I would not mind doing that. Um, what else is there? There's scuba instructors. I'm getting paid for this, guys. This is great. <laughs> we'll work it out later. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> you can have all the Klondike bars you want. Yep. Under three. Under um, two. <laughs> under two. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> no. Um. What else is there? 
Uh, general tank cleaning you could do, um, boat maintenance you can do, fixing coral reefs, like replanting reefs. That's cool. Um, save the environment, save the ocean. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Next topic. So, Jared, I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and uh, you're, we're going to discuss... The justification the as justification to the answer? As, yes, okay. exactly. So, the first one is, would you rather only be able to eat your one favorite food, or only be able to eat foods... That you don't like. Only eat my one favorite food. A single favorite food. One, like, dish or one, like, one thing. One dish, yeah. Let's say dish. Or any number of your least favorite foods for the rest of your life. I really hate broccoli, so I'm just imagining having to eat broccoli in different variations of that for the rest of my life. But it's not just a single food. It can be multiple different kinds of The thing for me favorite. is I like a lot of foods. There are very few yeah. things I dislike. I see. And I really dislike broccoli, and I really like other things. Because my favorite food is steak. Steak, yeah. So okay, I that's could a do, good one. I could do different variations of steak. I could do stir-fry steak. I could do regular steak. Yeah. I could do steak salad. It all works. Or if I said Chinese food was my favorite food, I could just go get different types of Chinese food. I know that's cheating, but... That's kind of cheating, but kind of works. Yeah, I see what you mean. I think I'd probably go with you. I'd go favorite. I think the only um, positive to doing it the other way, which uh-huh. would be all the other foods, is that maybe you would get tired of that one food over and over and over again if it was just your one favorite food after years and years and years. I think, though, you'd have to have such a generic favorite food Yeah. to where it could have variations. You know what I mean? So, like, chicken yeah, is my favorite I see what food. You mean. Yeah. Then I could say, uh, if I declare that chicken is my favorite. Like, you could say pizza and you could put anything on a pizza. That would work. <laughs> do you have another would you rather question? Yes, I do. The next one is would you rather have your dream car, but it breaks down every month, or have a normal car, but you know for sure it's going to run great for 20 years? Dream car and be figure out what was wrong with it and just be able to fix it. <laughs> That's cheating again. <laughs> how is it cheating? If it breaks down and I learn how to fix the car. Every time that it breaks, every month, but it's gonna it's gonna break like clockwork every month. That's okay. That's fine. Then I could just let it break and learn to fix it. Yeah, just learn auto mechanics on that particular car. Okay. Because you know it's I gonna like that break. Answer. If you know it's gonna break down, yeah. you could figure out like, okay, I have my favorite car. I'll take mm-hmm. a bus tomorrow because it's gonna break down, and I'll right. get the parts for it the next day. Okay, I like that. I actually really I did not think of that answer. That's a really good one. For me, I think I would have a normal car. The reason being. I wouldn't want to deal with the hassle of having it because I know for sure it's going to run great for 20 years. Like, I don't, I'm not going to mm-hmm. have to do anything to fix this thing. I like having that assurance. So again, what's your definition of normal? Well, that's a good question. That defines it, too. What do you think a definition of normal is? I think, like, a normal car would be, like, a Civ... See, for me... Like, I'm not saying a Mazda 6, like, 2017 edition or, like, something that might be nice like or Toyota anything. Like, Toyota Corolla. Right, like, yeah, like a standard... A standard... Not beginner to, car. Not like, top not a, of the line. Not all the bells and whistles Toyota Corolla. Right, like, like not mid- not a hybrid, not, you know... Just, like, the mid-grade. Because then you still have to pay for gas. But again, if yeah. you have your dream car... I mean, my dream car is a Tesla Roadster, so I could just send it back to uh, Tesla, yeah, <laughs> Tesla yeah. every month. Yeah, or you just go by the factory and be like, "Buddy, it's broken. This isn't supposed to happen. Here's a new one." Yeah, there you go. That's true. So, does this thing that it breaks down every month does that transfer to the replacement car that you get after you sell it? That's interesting. I'd say no, because if it's your, dream, it doesn't transfer to your new car. It doesn't transfer because I would definitely do dream car then. Yeah. <laughs> well. Okay, but you'd ha- you'd have to transfer to either a different model, or it couldn't be the exact same car. It couldn't. Why not? No. Oh, I mean, a different. 
uh, like copy of the same car. It couldn't be that. Well, okay, so my favorite car is a 1968 Fastback. Okay, Mustang. Cool. Yeah. Um, if it were, if I were to transfer it, I mm-hmm. couldn't get another 1968. Maybe I could get another year mm-hmm. because then it wouldn't technically be my dream car. But if you got the exact same one, I think then it would stay. It would break down every month. Okay, so I would get, I would wait till next year and get the 2018. There you go. <laughs> no, the 2020 Tesla Roadster, the one that's coming out. Zero to sixty in one point nine seconds. It's really fast. I've, have that's you seen cool. videos of the Tesla? You Not yet. Not it's yet. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's entertaining. Really good. Yeah, it is entertaining to watch. This. I do enjoy cars. Would you rather be able to fly or be able to teleport? That's a tough one. It is. Okay. Clarification question. Flight. How fast can I fly? Oh, that's a good because, question. Because because let's say I'm flying, and some people are like, "Oh, you can fly super fast," but then there's other restrictions. Like you could only fly as fast as you can run. Right. And flight would be it would it exhaust you as much as running would, and what mm. would be the determining factor of your speed? That's a good question. I just in my mind, I have Superman as the example for what I'm basing flight off of. And then would Nightcrawler be the example of teleportation? Because for that character, it's you have to have either been in that place before or yeah. be able to see that place. Like, right. If oh, I can yeah, teleport I here to that dude's roof, right. I can see it, but I can't see like trail from here. But right. I've been there, so I could. But like other yeah. places, I don't know. Well, I think you can just teleport anywhere because you you might want to go to Mars, and that'd be cool. Anywhere that you know of, or you can look on a map. Like I want to go to here. And any specific there. any specific location that you know of, then you can teleport to that location okay. if you can think of it. And then Superman's speed would of flight would be the comparison for flight. Right. So I don't know how fast does he go. Like very very fast. The, really, very. it's like I mean. Faster than a speeding bullet, <laughs> would you say? Let's just say very fast. Very fast. Uh, what would your choice be? I, My choice would be flight. Your the reason be being, I have always wanted to fly, and mm-hmm. I have always enjoyed mm-hmm. the thought of it. When I saw Superman for the first time, uh, I was nine or something, and I was like, I can fly! And I really like. I loved that movie, that concept, and I loved the yeah. concept. I, I would probably say flight as well, for two reasons. One, I, was, I would say teleporting based on the convenience of it. Right. But if we're flying as fast as Superman, Superman flew so fast that he reversed time. Yeah, exactly. Some people just had aneurysms because of how inaccurate that movie was. Um, was like, <laughs> no, he didn't! He can't do that! He's not <laughs> um, That was all listeners so just now. I, I'm probably going to go with flight, just so I could see where I'm going from point A to point B. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you teleported, you wouldn't know what's happening at that location. That's true. Like, if you're flying, you could see what was going right. on. You could say, nope. Any other questions? I do, yeah. How many do you have? Um, I think maybe two more. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Would you rather be colorblind or have no sense of smell? Colorblind. Really? Why? Uh, they say 90% of taste is related to smell. Really? And if you lose your sense of smell, you'd probably lose your sense of taste or a majority of your sense of taste. Hmm. And, yeah, I wouldn't want that. Let's separate it, then. Only your... No- like, your... Your taste stays intact completely, just in some... Uh, again, it doesn't make sense that way. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it doesn't make sense to lose either of these things on a whim. Well, there was a dude on TV the other day. He just lost his sense of taste. What? Yeah. He got a cold one day. He started to taste like metal in his mouth. Oh, no. And then he just lost his sense of taste. That's horrible. He said he could still smell, but he just can't taste anything. That is so weird. It's really bad. Like, I, I, that would be terrible to me. Yeah. I, I couldn't do that. You couldn't. You just couldn't go on. No, I think I would get rid of smell if it didn't affect taste at all. If it didn't affect taste at all, okay. I do photo and video, and my sense of 
color accuracy is very important because that's true. I adjust colors uh-huh. and I edit things, and it has to be precise. And I dive too. I didn't think about that. I didn't take that into account. Yeah. So how does that affect vision? Color accuracy, I should say. Things are prettier underwater, like the fish and stuff like that. And if not, it would just look boring. Yeah, I'd probably lose smell at that point. But then you couldn't smell if like there was smoke and there was a fire. That's true, but everybody around you would be running, so you'd That's probably true. be all right. You know Gone with the Wind was one of the first color movies? That and The Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Came out the same year. The same year? The Wind. Did you know how they did the part where Dorothy goes out and she goes from a sepia world to a color world? Yes. Because remember, she opens the door, and the door inside it oh, is in color. Oh, that's all. They probably use, did they use, like, film from the older camera and put film from the newer camera, like, in between the two? Interestingly, there was no compositing or anything like that in there. Okay. So, they used, incredibly, they filmed the whole thing that for that exact shot. That shot, yeah. In color. Okay. And they used makeup and paint to really? paint the world sepia. Just for that one scene That's of cool. the door. Yeah. I wonder how long it took to shoot that or I how don't much know. effort it... The effect that they were trying to accomplish with it was just getting the door, only everything outside, yeah. be in color. And that's the problem. They could have done it with a shot, like mm-hmm. just chain shots, mm-hmm. but that was... Everybody it, it was, no, it was done. That. It was iconic. Yeah, that, yeah. Do you have a favorite movie? Do I have a favorite? Spy Kids 2 Island of Lost Dreams. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's really sad. <laughs> I love Spy Kids. It's that's, a terrific movie. It's really sad. It's a ter- I just watched it again recently. It was really good. It makes me sad, Julian. Why does it make you sad, Jared? Because I like good movies. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good movie. What are you talking about? That was my childhood. That's, that's, that's a valid point. It's mostly for nostalgia. I think, I think currently my favorite movie is either Jurassic Park or Jaws. Really? Uh, I, I, Why do you like both of these? Um... Well, I love Steven Spielberg. Of course. Um, incredible, incredible director. Uh, fun fact, Steven Spielberg achieved a perfect score on Pac-Man. It was either Pac-Man... <laughs> no or, way. <laughs> uh, it was either Pac-Man or Mrs. Pac-Man. I forget what it was. But he achieved it by bringing a Pac-Man machine on the set of E.T. with him. Really? So whenever there was like time in between shots because of like yeah. lighting and stuff like that he would just play pac-man that's hilarious so there's pictures of so him much. there's pictures of him in the california in yeah. the forest yeah just playing <laughs> pa- just playing pac-man on, a, on a, just this big giant arcade game yes it's incredible <laughs> and, and he ever. achieved a perfect score that's incredible hats off to you steven spielberg yes i think well i love jurassic park because it's a classic yeah um and what was interesting was there was also some pretty cool i love the book jurassic park as well the story is really cool and a lot of people, including myself, say that books are better than movies. Okay. Um, and that's true in many cases, in my opinion. My because your imagination gets to shape the characters and what they look like and stuff, too. And that's true. And they never connect with what the movie actually looks like. Not never. The Princess Bride is a very good example. Uh, I haven't read it, but I've heard from many sources yeah. that if you took the characters from the movie and from yeah. the book, it's... They were just described that it was well just, in it the was, book? It was done perfectly. The That's movie cool. was done so well because nice. the cast and the director had such a love for the book that they wanted to portray it as well as they could. That's cool. They wanted to be really accurate. Which is uh, which is what I wish... Everybody would do ever? Yeah. Hmm. But back to what I was getting, Jurassic Park and the book and the film is different enough and still good. You're not saying, oh, this is a complete just uh, defilement of the source material. It's like, right. okay, this has some of the stuff that's really good and a whole bunch of other stuff 
that's different, but not necessarily bad. That's why I like both the okay, book and the cool. movie. So they're both independently good, but they also interconnect in different ways. Yes, which is why I like it. And also, I think Steven Spielberg is just an incredible director um, yeah. for that. That's Jurassic Park. Now, the reason that I say Jaws and Jurassic Park are kind of my favorites, they're kind of tied. And the reason I prefer Jaws to Jurassic Park was... It has the ocean in it? Yeah, it has the <laughs> I like water. Um, no. Uh, Jared's a diver. I'm a diver and a lifeguard. Um, if all the things on set worked perfectly and didn't get messed up, so for Jaws, the movie Jaws, for Jaws, for the movie Jaws, if everything went the way it should have gone, yeah, it would not have been as popular as it would have been. Really, it was intention. It was originally designed to be like a B movie, like a, a like a, a B monster movie. But the shark, the animatronic shark, never worked. It didn't work as well as it should have so they had to improvise and because of all of that it took it made the initial reveal of the shark that much more suspenseful mm-hmm. and that much more grand yeah. there was so much more suspense where you didn't see the shark where you could have there was like it was a long like it was drawn out how much time like you only heard whispers of the shark like you never saw it you didn't see it till very far into the film and it it had a lot of suspense, and there was just great acting. It was actually based off true events. Really, there was actually up in Jersey in the twenties, I want to say like tens, twenties era, where like a shark actually got close to shore and was actually eating people, mm. and it was a giant shark that people didn't really know of. Back right, because they weren't aware how big they were. They weren't aware of how big they were, and they also um, just didn't know the different species of sharks so they killed a giant shark like we've never seen a shark this big because it's always been out in the ocean feeding Mm. at the end of the movie when one of the main characters hooper is in a shark cage one of the ways it was shot was done in such a cool way so they did the animatronic shark at some points swimming by the shark cage but they also wanted to incorporate real sharks at some point and they actually had a midget in the same type of wetsuit and they had a miniature shark cage. Really? Um, yeah. So when they were filming like underwater next to these sharks, it looked like... Like that like, shark was enormous. Right. And at one point, a shark got caught in between the boat and the cage. Oh, really? A real shark? A okay. real shark. And so at one point in the movie, you actually see this footage of a shark spinning and thrashing around wow. and it's like this is insane this footage is insane yeah it was actually what was supposed to happen in the movie was hooper like the shark was supposed to get in and eat him and he was he was dead yeah but and you see the person actually swimming out of the cage in one or two of the shots and they're like steven we have this incredible footage yeah. of this shark and like and he actually thought long and hard and he said if we didn't catch this footage this character would have been dead <laughs> and because of this footage he actually like had the script rewritten that is so cool um it's just again things things happened wrong that made the movie better that's awesome um yeah and that's one of my it's just it's one of my all-time favorites going back to Jurassic Park for a minute yeah the i feel like the part that i loved about Jurassic Park was the first half hour because the first half hour was them getting to the park. You hear da 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 da, and you see like the is it a bronchiosaurus, the one with a long neck? Yeah. So you see that, and you see all the dinosaurs, and it's just that feeling of wow, this brand new park. And, stuff. and then the rest of the movie, watching it again back recently, is just them running from the dinosaur for you know the rest of the the film, mm. which 
there are some nice story bits in between that. Right. But most of it is just them running from a dinosaur. I enjoyed the movie, definitely, mm-hmm. but it's the parts that had the substance in the story that I enjoyed most. I like how a movie can take a concept like a theme park with dinosaurs right, and make it real with just the minute details, like how they had that long sweeping scene of just a gift shop. Yeah. Or the scenes where the kids are eating food at the buffet and you right. see the cutlery and the plates yeah. that are all just And see the ice cream is melting. And the ice cream is melting. <laughs> it's for no expense. And just like little things like that that they even mirrored in Jurassic World. Like they have kids with like little toy dinosaurs and like a petting zoo right. where you can ride a baby triceratops. Yeah. And just like... This is a real theme park. Yeah. it's And I know that Steven Spielberg didn't direct the, the most recent Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Um, the executive produced it, which I guess has some pull in the matter. But I it, it just the, his directing style has a, a certain pizzazz to it that's different. And a um, what would you call an intricacy? Yeah, yeah, a real. That's it's a good word to, to describe it. The minute details that could be easily overlooked, just done so well. And that adds to the realism of the it, entire film. Yeah, it's just it's incredible. I love I love it. But when you take something as ridiculous as we're going to clone dinosaurs from ancient blood and you make right. it this incredible thing. It's just, it's, it's great. Yeah. You treat it as something real and then you, you use all the, you find all the details that are necessary in order to create that as what it would be something real. I think that also is very true of my favorite classic movie that mm-hmm. Spielberg directed back to the future. Awesome. Awesome movie in back to the future. Remember the first scene was just a tour of doc's house, right? And it had all the portraits of uh, Einstein and Thomas Edison and all these great inventors and people. They were just on the desk. Right. To the side. You could barely see them. They were there for only a couple seconds, but they were there. Right. You saw the television had that news story about the plutonium being missing. Right. It was done well, and it looked like it could have been, you know, a real real thing. You saw so many different details that told you about the character, Doc. Right. And got you able to know him and meet him before you even saw him on the screen. Mm-hmm. So all of those are intricate details, and that that long, almost minute and a half shot that happened for that whole time just told you so much about his life. And of course, there's the really great Easter eggs of the twin, pe- the twin pine and the single pine. Yes! Oh, I love that. Uh, lone pine, right? Or something like that? Yeah, yeah it, it was, was twin pine and went down to lone pine. Or- <laughs> Just like yeah. Easter eggs that we didn't even realize were a thing. Right. And with then. time travel, they had the ability to do so many more of those. Yeah, it was just, it's a really great film. All three. My favorites were the first and the third one, actually. Uh, the first one is just unparalleled, in my opinion. Though. Really? I mean, I just, you I, don't like I really the second one? I didn't like the second one as much. Why? Because the I like the part where he goes to the, the year 2015, but the rest of it is just in Biff's world where everything was horrible. I liked all the future things, and... You know the, the the story and the character development that happened so much in the in the first one. I I get what you're saying, and I like the second one because I feel like gave these are the effects of what could happen if right, you just exactly. made a minor mistake. Yeah, and I love the jumping back and forth and Marty trying not to run into Marty. And it's been a while since I watched the movie. Yeah, it's for me too. I watched it in 2015 on that day at yeah, that time. I bought did you buy the shirts? I didn't buy the shirts. I, I didn't sh- hear about them. I bought the shirt that said I was I was there. It was great. I went to school and I thought I was going to be the only person that kind of like took appreciation. Was interested in this? No, but so <laughs> many people 
were interested in it between That's teachers so cool. and students kids were coming in in costume really and, yeah there was a couple martys there was a couple oh, docs so there was cool. a bunch of people in costume it was really cool I really liked it. That's really neat. I mean, I saw that in... Uh, it was filmed in California originally, correct? I think so. But I think it was in it was in California. They had right. Christopher Lloyd mm-hmm. there, and they had a screening of the movie at that... Started at the exact moment, starting from when they came That's to the cool. future. That's like, cool. it went... And that was the exact time as that happened. That's awesome. That the movie was playing. Can, Julian, can I tell that... Really funny story about yes, what happened that one do. time. Okay, so guys, this is great. Julian had some friend, a friend over from England. Yep. So me, Julian, his name was his name was Luke. Yes. Correct. Me, Julian, Luke, and another guy named John Luke. Great guy. Salt wasn't confusing. Not to be confused. Yeah, it wasn't that confusing that day. To be honest uh. with you, we went to Universal. Yeah. And there is a roller coaster there that has been <laughs> voted the no, it's been voted one of the best roller coasters ever made for two years in a row. It was considered the best roller coaster yeah. of that year. Cool. It is the Hulk roller coaster at Islands of Adventure. The Hulk. The Hulk. It is such a fun roller coaster. It is so smooth. It's great. Everyone goes on it. Everyone, everyone who's anyone has gone on this ride. Yes, and has remembered it. And ha- and loves it. <laughs> has remembered it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to that. So. We're on, we're on line, and we get to the we get to the row. The four of us sit down. It's so we're all on the same row. We're on the same row. I got the middle seat, right? Yeah, I was on the, the one r- of the two middle seats. Yeah, I was on the farthest to the right, on the end. Julian was to my left. So uh, in a previous time, Julian and I went on a different roller coaster called Mako at SeaWorld. and at this that was fun. That was fun. But the first time we rode it, we were going up. You know. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be great. Woo! And I look to my right, and Julian is praying. Okay, let me just jump in here. On Mako, it was... For like 200 feet up. Yeah, Mako is the tallest roller coaster in Florida currently. Just that anticipation is what I don't like about it. Right. So the Hulk is very different, and what happens is... It very quickly speeds up. It doesn't go up, up, up. Yeah, that sound effect does... It's really well. You're in this tunnel, you're in this tube, and you go, rah! It's like you're turning into the Hulk. That's the idea of this. And you get shot so fast through this thing. Yeah, you go very... You go... G-Force level 4. I think you die at level 10, is that right? Uh, level 10 or level 8, something like that. <laughs> halfway. Um, <laughs> I was halfway dead. You're halfway dead. You get about a quarter of the way in the tube, then it shoots you out, and as soon as you get out of the tube, you corkscrew, you corkscrew left, upside down, and go down. Immediately you go into a loop. Yeah, this roller coaster spins you upside down eight times. It's a very fast-paced, it, but it's so smooth. You don't really feel bad. You just, it's pumping the adrenaline. So around the third time we go upside down, it's a full down and up. You go around. I look to my left, and I see Julian, and he is head down or head on the, the shoulder bar. I'm like, oh, geez, this kid's praying again. He's really scared. <laughs> then he goes, yeah, woo! I'm like, oh, great. He's having a good time. <laughs> um, Luke is like, that was so great. I loved it. It was great. We get down to look at our picture, and Julian's like, uh, hey, guys, um, I don't remember a lot of this ride. Like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, I think I think I blacked out. Can you tell it from your perspective? So, <laughs> okay. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. We didn't tell Julian initially that the tube shoots you very no. fast. He no. didn't know that he was going to get shot out of that tube. I was expecting... No, and so he's like, "All right, this is." I see, he's like, "I see the light at the end of the tunnel. This is gonna be <laughs> <laughs> accurate." Yeah, but I loved it because I hate roller coasters to go. It's like a lot of anticipation. Uh, I loved that it shot you out really fast. 
So then it shoots you out really fast. Did a corkscrew. I remember that bit. You go down. You go in the top of the... the you're just starting to come up into the first loop. And everything kind of fades out. And then there's this part of the ride where you come down into a bunch of fog. And so that's, that's where I woke up. <laughs> so <laughs> I woke up and I just see... I just see fog, and I don't know I'm moving very fast. So it's like, oh, this is so nice, and then it goes so fast. And then the rest of the ride was amazing. And you went upside down a couple more times, I think, but I missed out on part of this ride. And I'm, I'm sad about that. I don't remember it. We'll have to take you back. <laughs> it yeah. was terrific. I, I can't take Julian anywhere now. Yeah. So then we went on this, what's it called, the rocket or something? The Rip Ride Rocket Roller Coaster. Thing. Where you can play your own music, and I was like, going there, I was like, oh, this is cool, like, you get to play your own music and stuff. So I went on there, and I saw it, it was like, it was super tall, and I'm like, I don't feel like blacking out again, so. <laughs> if, if you haven't seen this roller coaster, it doesn't have the shoulder bars, it's just a lap bar. Step one, you go at a 90 degree angle straight up. Which I hate, by the way, so that was another reason I didn't want to do it. Then, you go down. You do. You don't go upside down. You do a full loop, but you corkscrew at the top, so you're never actually upside down. Oh wow! So you're on the top of the loop. That must yes. be a neat experience. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm on top of the world. Hey, I'm, I'm on, on top, top of, of the world. world. Hey. hey, they should definitely add that. That roller coaster. So you actually have five genres of music you can select from, and then five songs each, unless you go from the hidden songs. And the reason they have them hidden or secret songs is because I, I don't believe Universal like bought the rights to those songs. So you can pick them, but you if you purchase the video recording of your ride, you don't have the, the song you chose. They just mm. randomly select a song. Hmm. So that's one of the benefits of selecting one of the songs that they give you because Universal has the right to that. You, yeah, your music video is the music you chose. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, I'm going to choose a rock song. Oh, there's only five rock songs here, and yeah. I like maybe half of one of them. It's like if you choose a secret song, it makes the ride so much better. <laughs> because that day was the first day I found I, I used a secret song. Really? And it was Temple of Syrinx by Rush, if you've ever heard it. And it's just, it was such a good pump-up song. Yeah. And it just, it enhanced the experience of the ride so much. That's cool. It was really great. You, you're going to have to ride that next time we go. You, you go. So they were, I saw them going up on the ride from my perspective. They were going up on this thing and I'm like I made the right decision I'm, I'm glad <laughs> oh yeah and after we got off of the ride Luke is like yeah Julian you would have definitely passed out on yeah, that he's, he's like that. you would have blacked out on that ride <laughs> in his british accent yes. yeah that was a bad british accent yeah but he's like this is like one of my top five favorite roller coasters I've ever been on it was great it was great yeah it was a good day I, I forgot half of it the rest was good how did you forget half of it <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't fall on your head <laughs> I didn't. (laughs) Why did they change math? Math is done one way. (laughs) Don't change math. (laughs) That was in the 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 Incredibles two trailer. Really? Like he's trying to teach. Oh, I saw that trailer. That looked good. He's trying to teach. Yes, yeah, that's what I remember. He's trying to teach his son math. You don't change math. Why do you not change math? There's one way to do it. Why are they changing it? I laughed so hard (laughs) because me and my father had that conversation so much. Yeah. I think, but you, your dad, and you must have been a lot more stoic than me and my dad. Stoic. Yeah. Yeah. For me and my dad, it was a lot crazier. <laughs> a lot more yelling at each other. It's like, it doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't make sense. Why are we yelling? Because we're upset. <laughs> Why are you angry at me? I'm not. I'm angry at Matt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> that's why I failed math. <laughs> I do have to get going, though. I have to be somewhere at 5.30, and it's going to take me a half hour to get there, and it's 5.15. Oh, okay. So you have to uh, get the DeLorean. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Unfortunately, something was brought to our attention, which we felt an impelling need to address. Earlier in the podcast, we referenced Steven Spielberg as being the director of Back to the Future. We later found out that this was a mistaken fact. We'd like to issue an apology to Robert Zemeckis, who directed Back to the Future. <laughs> sorry, Robbie. I'm so Please sorry, forgive. Robert. Oh, Robert Zemeckis, I'm so, I'm so sorry for what we've done. <laughs> Truly, though, thank you for listening to our podcast. See you next time.